Hello and welcome. I am Thomas Ryan with Thomas Ryan Real Estate. We're here for another episode of Always Be Consulting. Today, we're going to be talking about escrow. I have Ashley Bowman with Corner Escrow on the show. So Ashley, if you could just introduce yourself, kind of give us a little background on yourself and how you got into the business and, and all that good stuff. Um, hi, my name is Ashley Bowman. Um, I got started in escrow at the young age of 16. I've been at it for 22 years and I started out just filing paperwork and it's turned into a really great career for me. 16. How does one get into escrow at 16? My mom was an escrow officer and they asked me to, to come in and just start filing papers and they asked me every day to keep coming back and before you knew it, I worked full time in escrow. So you've seen it from a contract of five pages to now, you know, however many pages is with all the disclosures and all that good stuff. You've seen lots of different uh, implementations by the state of California. Yes, I have. <laughs> Too many pages now. It was a lot yeah. easier when there was five pages, but yes, I've most, seen it all. Most definitely. Um, now, what is the role? What is the general role of, of escrow in a real estate transaction? Um, escrow is the third mutual party that handles the money and the documents. Uh, we carry out the different uh, timelines and things in the contract. We provide the buyer with all of the required reports, uh, association documents, preliminary title report. Uh, we make sure that all the requirements are met before the escrow can close. Got it. I get the question from especially new buyers or first time sellers or something like that. They're like, are we in escrow? Did we open escrow? Are we escrowing? You know, you hear these weird terms. So what is the, what is the, the technicality for actually being in escrow or opening escrow? What, what does that actually happen? Technically escrow is open from the minute that I receive the purchase contract and assign it an escrow number, but none of the contract timeframes actually start from the opening of escrow. They actually start from the last signature uh, from the buyer or seller when confirmation was received. Yes. What I like to tell you know my clients is that once the, the contract's actually executed, that's day zero. And then right. like, okay, so tomorrow's one. Yes, that's how numbers work. But um, yeah, so that's that's what I like to tell people so that, that we're on we're on the same page there. Yes. Okay, who chooses escrow, the escrow company that's used in a transaction? How is that um, how is the, the cost associated with that taken care of and, and who pays for escrow in a transaction? Uh, well, usually the seller or the listing agent will select the escrow company, and it's usually somebody that they feel comfortable with, um, that they've used over and over again, and that they have a relationship with. Um, technically, um, it is a negotiated item, so in certain circumstances, the buyer can push for their escrow company or if they have an escrow relationship that they prefer to use. Um, the costs are generally split 50-50 between the buyer and the seller, um, but again, that's another negotiated item that can change. Got it. Got it. Now you hear the different terms for this, but the EMD or the good faith deposit, um, how is that deposited when, uh, and then talk a little bit about, you know, uh, wire fraud's a big, big thing in the real estate industry right now. Can you, can you talk about those, those items? Yeah, usually the earnest money deposit is due within three business days of acceptance, which is the last date that the buyer or seller executed the contract. Um, usually the, the deposit is sent in via wire transfer. And yes, wire fraud is a big thing is a big problem in the industry. Um, you want to make sure that you're dealing with an escrow company that has cyber insurance, that you have an escrow officer that's got a lot of knowledge and that has a lot of experience. You want to make sure that they have a secure network and you want to make sure that you talk to the person that you're wiring the money to and that you feel confident that that person is in fact the person that sent you the wiring instructions. Got it. Yeah. It's, um, it's almost like a dual authentication process, like much like you would have a password or something like that. Um, that's kind of 
the way we've we've done it with Ashley, she'll send out um, you know, a secure email and then follow up with a phone call and backward back and forth because people are getting into buyer's agency emails, escrow emails, uh, stuff like that, acting as if they're they're sending the correct wiring instructions, but they're actually going to their own bank account instead. Right. It's it's a fraudster posing as as someone sending from an escrow company wiring instructions, but it's really going to the fraudster's account. So you really want to make sure that the person that you're talking to uh, is in fact your escrow officer and that they did in fact send you the wiring instructions. Um, it's really important to make sure that you take that step and actually talk to the person on the phone before you send money. Yeah. And what, what, where the, the good faith deposit or earnest money deposit um, comes into account with regards to the, the actual real estate transaction on my end is that you know, we're going to progress through the transaction. If, um, you know, the buyer has removed all their contingencies, um, loan appraisal inspections, all their contingencies. And then towards the end of the transaction, they need to cancel for some reason or choose to cancel for some reason. The seller may be entitled to some, if not all of that good faith deposit, which is the reason it is uh, deposited uh, to begin with. I also wanted to talk about like some of the other duties, um, termite payoffs, loan payoffs, HOA docs, um, Let's see what else we have. Solar transfers, which are becoming more popular, lender conditions, title report issues. Can you just kind of touch on some of those that you know may come up more often, how those are handled? So well, termite payoffs, loan payoffs. Well, the termite report is ordered typically by the listing agent. So we receive that in escrow and send it to the buyer for approval. Um, with regard to the association documents, we're required uh, on behalf of the seller to assist and getting those documents ordered within three days of the acceptance. So that's a big contingency item that sometimes can take some time to get those HOA documents in. They can be costly as well for the seller. And so we work to get those ordered as soon as possible and out to the buyer. And then the buyer has five visit or five days uh, to review those documents and you know release that contingency. One that's come up with me in a couple transactions recently have been the transfer of a solar lease from the seller to the buyer. Um, and that can be, again, kind of a similar topic that can take some time. Can you talk about kind of your role in moving that transition along and, and what, what exactly you're looking for on that end? Yeah, I would say that I probably have right now seven or eight transactions open that have solars that need to be transferred. Um, in order to initiate the process, the seller actually has to reach out to the solar company to let them know that they have a buyer and that they're going to be transferring over the solar items. Uh, once that's done, they can send us the solar contact, and then we can kind of oversee the process, make sure the buyer fills out their forms, make sure everybody signs the proper documentation. It is required um, on title for the title company to close for the solar releases to come in. And usually the solar companies do take quite a bit of time. So it's good to start that process right when the escrow opens. Yeah, I've had two transactions most recently where I have had to sit on hold calling X solar company and follow up, follow up, follow up to make that, make that happen. They're all the same. They all take the same <laughs> amount of time and they move very slowly. Got it. But ultimately they get it done. I mean, it's, yeah. it hasn't been you know, something that's held up a transaction to, to the upteenth degree, but, but just to, got to make sure it's stay on top of it. I just had a 10 day escrow that closed with solar. So we were able to get it done within 10 days, but it was a challenge and the listing agent, myself and the seller were on the phone constantly with the solar company. Yeah. That, that's funny you say that. Cause I feel like a trick that might um, work is to tell them that your closing date is maybe a earlier. week or two yeah. earlier. And then yeah, yeah. they kind of step it up and, and really get after it at that point in time. If yep. you tell them it's not for 30 days, they'll take their time. 
Yes, they will. <laughs> um, so what is the actual closing process? We're hearing, uh, you know, I do real estate in California. You're obviously doing escrows in California. So it's different amongst different states. But what's the closing process like in, here in California? Does the buyer need to be there? Um, are they bringing in the briefcase? Is the lender bringing the briefcase with the cash? How, how, does, how is that working? So typically the lender will uh, draw loan documents uh, several days before the close of escrow. Sometimes they come in on the date of close of escrow and we all run through a fire drill. However, the buyer does need to be present to be notarized and, and sign loan documents. If they are in another state, we can send a mobile notary to them. But of course, we would need more time in the process to be able to close it on time. Uh, the lender doesn't come in with a briefcase, nor does the buyer. We can only accept closing funds from the buyer via wire transfer. And once the loan docs are signed, we do send them back either scanned or hard copies back to the lender, whatever they require and then they work to get the loan funded. Got it. And just stepping back one, one step before that is this closing disclosure. Yes. Um, can you kind of talk about that when it was implemented into a necessity and kind of how that, that process works a little bit from your end perspective? So in the beginning of the escrow process, the lender is required to send the buyer what's called a loan estimate, which goes over all of the third party costs as well as the loan costs. And then as we get closer to the closing process, before the buyer can sign loan documents, they get what's called the CD or the closing disclosure. And that's required for the buyer to have three days to review that prior to signing their loan documents. And that document goes over their final loan amount, all of their final costs, exactly what it's going to take to close the transaction. Got it. And something I like to highlight on that is that it's required that they have it for three days. So you know, even if they sign it after five minutes of sending, you know, signing the DocuSign, it's still a, ca a calendar of three days that they must have that in their position before loan docs can be drawn up and closing and stuff like that. So that's something yeah. I like to highlight. Yeah, it's, it's a big thing and it delays some of the transactions if the lender doesn't get the CD out in time. Um, sometimes they'll send the CD out and then the next day they'll send loan documents, but those loan documents are post-dated to be on the third date from the day that buyers receive that CD. Right. Got it. Um, so when is the buyer officially the homeowner? When is it, uh, when do they get the keys? What, what, what does that look like? Well, technically the buyer is the homeowner the date that the grantee records into their name. So their lender funds the, the loan money. They bring in their closing funds all at the same time. And then we send the, the deed, the grant deed from the seller's buyer to record in the buyer's name. And that usually happens, you know, in the evening time. And the buyer technically owns a home at the time that that deed is recorded. However, they may not get the keys for several days, depending upon what's negotiated in the contract. As far as possession, the seller may have a few days in the house. They may be having a rent back. There's a lot of different things that would change to where the buyer might not get the keys on close of escrow, but there's also times when they do, depending upon what's negotiated. Yeah, I think that's a, an important highlight. I mean, the way the contract's written boilerplated is the buyer takes possession immediately upon recording. Now, oftentimes, um, that buyer may need to close on a replacement property or take the time and those funds from their proceeds to coordinate a move. So oftentimes it's negotiated between the buyer and the seller, buyer's agent, listing agent, whether it's three days or you know, a week. Um, some of times that's uh, at no cost to the seller. And sometimes in the longer days, it's uh, you know, maybe a cost to the seller. You know, if it's a 30 days, if it's you know, a couple weeks, something like that, there may be a cost associated with that, with that negotiation. But that's a good highlight point. Um, speaking of money, uh, the sellers always want to know, when do I get my money? It's recorded. It's now the buyers. When do I get my money? Uh, do I come on pick up check? What's, when, when does that 
um, transfer happens? I get that question every single transaction. <laughs> and so I'm used to answering it. Uh, the money is dispersed the next business day after close of escrow. And originally when the seller signs their escrow instructions, they sign a form in that package that's notarized that says how they want to receive their proceeds. Normally they pick a wire transfer um, because those funds are immediately considered good funds in their bank account right away. So usually most sellers will choose to have a wire transfer. We do have that form notarized for wire protection and wire fraud. Um, and with that being said, funds are wired the next business day after close of escrow, usually uh, prior to 2.30, and they will arrive in the seller's account by the close of business day that day. Got it. What's the shortest escrow duration you've ever done in a transaction? Uh, it's been three days. Um, <laughs> so if there's a payoff statement that we have to get ordered, usually that can take 24 to 48 hours. Also, if there's an association, you know, we can sometimes pay to have those rush for 24 hours and get that quickly, but we can pretty much close a transaction as quickly as those two factors are in place and as quickly as the buyer and seller will execute their documents and bring in the money to close. And what's the average uh, escrow duration right now? Um, you know, obviously maybe pre-COVID type thing. What, what, what have you seen averages as far as that goes? You know, right now, most escrows are running 30 days. Um, some are 45, depending upon if the seller needs more time to find a house or something along those lines. But we are seeing most lenders being able to close within the 30-day close of escrow date. Um, during COVID, um, we were lucky if they were closing, but um, everything seems to be back to normal now, and all the timelines and the close of escrow dates are pretty much back to normal. Perfect. Well, lots of information. I appreciate it. We went through that really quickly. I'm going to chop this up and make it into individual videos because I think there's some really important key, important key points in there. Uh, is there anything from your perspective as an, of an escrow officer, uh, information that you want to get out to either agents or consumers that like, you know, you want to pound into our brains for what we need to know, what we should be on top of, or, or just anything highlighted in the escrow industry right now that you feel is important to get out there? I just think that all of you agents are doing a great job. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Love that. Perfect. Well, thank you for joining me. I, I really do appreciate you taking away the time. I know it's, uh, it's Thursday wrapping up the week here and lots of closings coming up. So appreciate you taking the time and, uh, and, and the effort getting on the video and um, thanks again. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks everyone for listening or viewing in on always be consulting until next time. Have a good day. Bye.